First Samuel, First Samuel chapter seventeen. First Samuel seventeen. So I am surely uh, honored that preacher would trust me and uh, to put you kind of in my hands, so to speak, uh, this morning, and I'm thankful for him. We have got a great preacher. I hope you all realize that. And uh, he texted me this morning that he was, I'll share with you his itinerary for the day. I said, tell me where you're going to be, what you're going to see. I said, I want to share that with the people this morning. And uh, so here it is. Today's agenda, the Jordan River where the Israelites crossed and where Naaman was healed. Also the city of Jericho that Israel conquered and the caves of Qumran where uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Then this evening they'll be headed to Jerusalem. And uh, so a lot of interesting things that they'll get to see and be a part of. And uh, so uh, if you would, I hope you'll be praying for him and pray for Livia that uh, they enjoy the food there. Or I don't know what all they're going to get to experience, but I'm sure they're going to, uh, they're having a wonderful time and they'll have a lot to tell us about when they get back. First uh, <clears throat> Samuel 17, before we read this, uh, I want to speak to you about um, uh, what, this word, confidence. Confidence. Uh, we had a Christmas party, uh, not a Christmas party, we had a, a class, it was really fall program. It was the losers of the fall program in my Sunday school class treating the winners. Uh, it just so happens that I was on the loser side. Uh, but we fixed dinner for the winners, okay? And, um, uh, but in, while we were there, we you know, cutting up and talking and whatnot. Well, Abigail Ward was there. The Wards are in my class. And Abigail mentioned that she was going to be playing the offertory, and she was a little nervous. And I was like, well, there's nothing to worry about. I said, no, you, you can be confident. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, Sunday morning is, you know, preacher's out of town, so uh, it is the service where everybody is at, okay, and uh, all the cute guys are going to be there on Sunday morning, so you're going <laughs> to, you know, you have nothing to worry about, and uh, I was trying to build her confidence. I said, and, and if you mess up, I, trust me, I won't get up and point it out, and I won't, you know, make mention of the fact that you should have hit that, no, I didn't hear any mess ups at all, uh, but, well, in in that cutting up, uh, Brother Spencer chimed in, and this is great. I had to go ask him to make sure this was okay. Uh, but uh, Brother Spencer said, well, have you all ever watched The Muppets? <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I thought it was like a trick question, you know, like he was trying to see my faults, okay? And so I said, no, I, I didn't watch The Muppets. I, I wouldn't watch that. Now, my wife would. Miss Hamilton has watched The Muppets. She grew up on it. And uh, he's like, oh, I love the Muppets. And uh, he's like, you know, Gonzo, he said, uh, you know, when he was on this, you know, in front of everybody, he just looked out there and made everybody a chicken. <laughs> he said, so that's what I do. <laughs> and it just so happens that he came up to pray this morning. <laughs> and so I'm standing up here and I, I know what Bill Evans is doing. I know he's down there, you know, the cut up that he is. Well, I'm up here, and, and as I'm bound to pray, I'm thinking, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> and uh, just to help him. I, I was trying to help Brother Spencer build his confidence. And uh, uh, 
So thank you, Brother Spencer. I appreciate you. <laughs> Confidence. What a word. Uh, look at me. Let's all stand together for just a moment and read together uh, this story. First Samuel chapter 17, and we'll start in verse number 38. First Samuel 17 and verse number 38. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's sometimes I get confused when reading, and I don't know who's supposed to be reading when, so I'll just read. You kind of read along silently, and then I'll have you read a particular verse with me together. Verse number 38, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. He also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor and essayed to go, for he had not, not proved it. So uh, David said, I, I can't do this. I, I haven't used this before. I haven't proved this. Uh, the rest of verse 39, And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took, off, he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare his shield went before him. Now, uh, if you're like me, this story, <laughs> to me, it, it's one of the most interesting stories in the Bible, Okay. And yes, it's a kid's story, you know, the one that you tell your, your kids, and it's a, one of the, the, you know, the premier stories of the Bible, David and Goliath, okay? Uh, but catch, this, catch the story, okay? Don't, don't miss it. Look at verse number uh, 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. He's like, what's this? What in the world? What is this little kid doing on the battlefield? Here's it's it's a kid. Why is this kid coming out here? And he's I mean he's a good looking kid. Why would you waste him like this? Because that's what's going to happen. I'm going to waste him. There's no way. There's no way that this kid is going to beat me. All right, so admit it, okay? How many of you used to, maybe still do, used to watch professional wrestling? Come on, admit it. Brother Calvin, is that you? (laughs) You're a a Hulkster at heart, I can tell, all right? (laughs) Uh, I I envision this, this wrestle... This, this, this professional wrestling scene, okay? Here's David, skinny little David. You know, in, he's not wearing leotards, I'm sure, but here's skinny little David walking out, you know, with his sling and his stones. No sword, no shield, no weapon other than his staff, if you can consider that a weapon, and, and his sling. And Goliath sees him and... <laughs> I, I can't do it. It'd be, I feel foolish even trying. Uh, you know, that, that, why are you coming out here? Why, why are you trying to beat me? You know, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, in this, this wrestle, professional wrestler, you know, uh, lingo, who do you think you are? Why are you coming out here like this? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to beat you up. You know, I'm going to stomp you. <laughs> and I can imagine Goliath. <laughs> now, I didn't, I, I didn't, 
I, I wasn't allowed to watch it. My dad said, yeah, you don't watch that trash. All right. But occasionally it was on and I just happened to see it. Okay. But I didn't like it. It was not, it was not my thing, certainly. And uh, I, one of the stupidest things in all the world is professional wrestling. All right. Uh, one of the most unprofessional things in all the world is professional wrestling. All right. But that's the kind of scene I see here. Look at uh, verse number 44. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. <laughs> then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, Amen. the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the, the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now with me, read with me verse number 47 out loud. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm little, I'm small. I, I know I don't appear to be much, uh, but I'm pretty confident. And my confidence is not in my sword and my spear. I'm not, I didn't even bring them out here with me. My confidence is not in my own skill, my own ability. My confidence is in my Lord. Amen. It's in my God. Now, let's pray, and then I'll talk to you for a few minutes. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity to be in church this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd give us exactly what you'd have us to hear this morning. Lord, help me not to say anything that would discourage, not to say anything that would take away from truth. Lord, I pray that you'd give me exactly what your people need and what I need this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, one of the... I, I, I enjoy watching... An occasional fight, UFC, boxing, whatever. I, I, I am not. I, I can't stand the mouthy fighter. I can't stand it. Uh, even if he's the better fighter, even if he's the you know obviously the more trained or the more you know skilled or the bigger you know stronger whatever. I, I, if if he's mouthy, and if he's been running his mouth before the fight, I. My, I am prone to be for the other guy. I'm pulling for him, okay? I want to see the mouthy fighter, the one that's overly confident and vocal about it. I want to see him brought down. Now, occasionally that might be me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I've, I suppose, you probably ask my wife, sometimes I might be mouthy. Uh, I try not to be, uh, but, you know, sometimes I can be confident, uh, you know, confidence is a kind of a confusing word. All right, so let's think for a minute. Um, how many times have I thought I knew what was going to happen, but it didn't? My team was going to win, but didn't. My desire was surely going to come to pass, but didn't. My luck is going to change, but it doesn't. How many times have I, have I known which way to turn, but I didn't end up going, getting where I wanted to go? 
uh, I don't need directions. You know, I, I've been there before. <laughs> Is that, we men are known for that, right? Uh, I've been there before. I, I know where to go. Uh, I, I know which way to go. I just, I just thought for sure that if, have you ever heard, have you ever said this? I thought, I just thought for sure if I was a turd here, this is where I would end up. But I didn't. That confidence. How often have I known what was right? Um, but it wasn't, you know, okay. Uh, I, I, I know this stuff, or I, I, you know, I was trained to do this, or I, you know, I've learned about this, and I've studied this, and, 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 and this is my area, okay? You know, uh, do you know somebody like that, that you can't tell them anything in a particular area because that's their area, and you can't in any way, uh, you know, correct them or tell them that something might be a little different because that's theirs, and, okay, there's, there's that confidence. Uh, how many times have I argued my point? And found out I was wrong. Men, <laughs> every argument you've ever had with your wife, uh, you found out you were wrong. Uh, there's, you know, confidence. Okay, so what should I do? Should I not be confident then? Should I, you know, the, the Bible says here in verse 47 that, that trust not, uh, the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. So I can't trust, you know, sword and spear in my own skill. Uh, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, uh, you know, uh, lean not unto thine own understanding. So what should I do? Should, you know, should I never be confident? Should I, I live my life skeptical of everything and of everybody? I can't trust my own judgment. I can't trust my own thinking. I can't trust my own decisions. I can't trust others in my life. C- can I even trust God? I mean, look at my life. I never thought that I would be here. I never thought that this would happen to me. You know, I, I never thought that, that, that these certain situations that I'm experiencing would ever happen to me. Can I even trust God? You know, if I, I, I can't be confident in myself. I can't be confident in others. I can't be confident in you know, my own skill. So what can I be confident in? What a miserable life I would lead if I had to live it with no confidence at all. Can can you imagine that? The truth is, I must have confidence. I I have to have confidence in something. You can't live your life without confidence. You can't live your life skeptical of everything. You can't live your life just questioning everything. Uh, The word confidence comes from the Latin word confide. Uh, This word confide has... uh, I looked up the the definition for this Latin word confide... Uh, the Latin word meaning confide, or the Latin what we word we get the word confide from it. Okay, that's not the actual Latin pronunciation, uh, but the Latin word that we get confide from has no definition, no definition that is all dependent on myself. The word confide, it just goes without without saying. It's understood that you're not going to be depending on yourself. It is a dependence upon something else or on somebody else uh the closest word to it would be the word can you guess it faith to whatever degree i rely on the one that never fails this is the key statement all right to whatever degree i can rely on the one that never fails to that degree i can be confident and i can live in confidence 
I don't have to live skeptical. I don't have to live, you know, questioning everything. I don't have to live wondering, you know, is, is, is this right? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this, is this how it should be? Is this, what, these things that I'm going through, are, are, is this really, what did I do? What did I do to deserve it? I don't have to live like that. I can live in confidence so long as my confidence, I'm confiding in the one that never fails. I'm sure, uh, okay, um, I, I can be confident. I, I've got this. I'm sure of this. Why? Because I am relying on the one that can be depended on. Uh, Proverbs, look with me, turn, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And look at verse number 26. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 26. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. To whatever degree I, can, I, have, I confide in and put my faith in or put my dependence upon Jesus Christ, on my Lord, to that degree I can be confident. In other words, I can live without a question mark. I can go through whatever, so long as I can put my, I can confide in Him. So long as I can trust in Him. Now then I can live in confidence. So let me give you a few thoughts on uh, this confidence. Uh, Romans fourteen twenty three. the Bible says, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Living, okay, living a life without confidence or living life... Uh, Without this faith, living life without confidence is wrong. It's just, it's just wrong. You've got to have confidence in something. In who? In, in the one that doesn't fail. Amen. I must live knowing that I'm doing what's right. If I, can't, if I don't live my life knowing that I'm doing what's right, guess what? I'm wrong. I must live knowing that I'm pleasing my Savior. If, if, if I'm living my life realizing or unaware, un, unsure of if I'm pleasing my Savior, then I'm wrong. I must live knowing that I'm heading the right direction. Is there a question in your mind about the direction that you're headed? Is there a question in your mind about decisions that you're making? Is there questions in, in your mind about what you're doing? Then you're, then you're wrong. Stop. <laughs> do, do whatever you're going to do. Do it with confidence. Confidence in my Savior, that I'm pleasing Him, that, it is, that I'm honoring Him, that I'm headed the right direction, that I'm doing what is right to do. I must live with confidence. I must live confiding in Him. How can I do this? All right, look at me at Proverbs 3. Turn back, if you have to turn back a page, turn back a page to Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, to whatever degree, in in every decision in life, to whatever degree I follow this plan, to that degree I can be confident. Well, you know... I don't know if I'm supposed to go and do this. And I don't know if I'm supposed to go here or, 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 or you know, I don't know if I'm, this is the right decision to make. Okay, well, let's, let's do this. Um, I've got some advice for you. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
Lean not unto thine own understanding. In other words, stop trying to justify and, and manipulate you know, your own thinking into your decision making. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How do I do that? Well, uh, hey, Mr. Cook, good morning. Good to see you. I just acknowledge Mr. Cook. In, in, but I need to do that in everything. Hey, come on up here if you don't mind. Just stand right here. Just, uh, I won't be preaching this morning, so I want you just here to, to be with me. Okay. Now, is he going to participate? Is he going to do the preaching? No. But I'm, I want to acknowledge him. He's with me. And to whatever degree I include him in everything I do in life, to that degree I can be confident that I'm doing the right thing, if that's the Lord. No, it's not. It's Mr. Cook. <laughs> All right? So I'm uh, a little skeptical right now about you know, how I'm doing. Uh, but if this is the Lord, if I can include him in everything I do in life, to whatever degree I keep him involved in that decision-making process, to that degree, I can be confident that I'm going to do the right thing. Why? Because he promised that he would direct me. He promised that he would guide me. Now, there's going to be occasions where I, you know, I've got a decision to make and, and you know, I've got, I have an opportunity to go do this or opportunity. And I, you know, that would really be a good thing. You know, I, can make, I can make better money and, I mean, it'd be, certainly be a little easier on me you know, long term. I'd be, you know, years to come, I, I, could, be, I could be doing much better. Yes, yeah, this, this sounds like it might be a good decision. Well, get him involved. Amen. Trust in the Lord and lean not into thine own understanding, thine own thinking. Acknowledge, Lord, what do you think I should do about this? I mean, I want to please you. Would, would you be pleased by this? All right, Lord, I, I'm getting ready to make my decision, and so I need, I need you with me on this. Keep him with you. Acknowledge him in, in everything that you do. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Thank you, Mr. Quick. Uh, I'm tired of acknowledging you. Uh, but to whatever degree that I acknowledge him, I acknowledge the Lord, to that degree I can be confident that I'm doing the right thing, and I'm headed the right way, and I, I'm making right decisions. Now, if the Lord is, with there, is right here with me, I'm probably going to be a little more careful about my decisions. I mean, if I bring him along with me, I'm, I'll be a little more conscious about things I say and where I go and what I do and who I'm with and, and what I'm talking about and what I'm thinking. I'll, why? Because he's with me. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. All right? Uh, so let me give you some practical thoughts here. Uh, I must live a life of confidence. All right? Uh, another way to say that, I must live a life of faith. But I want to use the word confidence. Uh, I, 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 must, I have to. You and I, we have to, have a, we have to live a life confident. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, um, one time uh, our boys were playing basketball. And uh, there's nothing against this team. It was just, it was the time of year. And, uh, but they came out on the floor, you know, when their team came out, they came out on the floor with, with uh, uh, these Santa stockings on their head and, you know, you know, real happy and jovial. And I understand it was the time of year, okay? But in my, down inside me as I'm sitting there in the stands, I'm thinking, eh, I don't like that. I know they're not, like, you know, knocking our team, but I don't like that. You know, they're, they're a little too happy, a little too jovial, not enough business. <laughs> and so I was happy when our boys beat them. Why? Because you don't do that. You don't, you don't come out on the floor, you know, in Santa hats and all silly and, and you know, 
act the fool. Okay, you know, I want to live a life in confidence. Now, I'm not that that I don't think they were being overly confident. I think they were just enjoying the season. Okay, however, if that was done out of hey, we got this, you know, we can take you, and you know, you, you know, we're gonna stomp you like date like Goliath did. Okay, I'm pulling for the guy. I'm pulling for you to fall. All right. I, we've got to live our life in confidence, but I don't want to be confident like that. And I don't, I won't be confident like that in that way. I won't be confident in that way if I'm dependent on the one that can be depended on. If I've acknowledged him and he's with me in all that I'm doing and all that I'm, there's my decision making process, then I can be confident and it's not going to be a confidence of, of, you know, I got this. It's not a confidence in me. It's not a confidence in my skill or my ability or my strength. It is a confidence in him. And I have to have that. I must live a life of confidence. So if I'm going to live a life of confidence, uh, number one, God knows what is best for me. I've got to understand this. If I'm going to live my life in confidence, in confidence in him, with confidence in him, I have to acknowledge and I have to understand that God knows what is best for me. Now, how do I know that? Well, go back and read Genesis chapter 2. God created man. Well, you don't create something with intent for it to be, you know, neglected. No man, you know, <laughs> Brother John uh, refurbishes cars and you know, men that, that, that build things. You know, Brother Bill, uh, Brother uh, Will, where'd you, where'd you go, Brother Will? He's in the children's department. Uh, you know, builds homes or buildings or repairs things. You don't build something with intent for it to be neglected. Uh, he was telling me yesterday he refurbished a car and it was going to uh, sell it to somebody and the guy that he was going to sell it to uh, mentioned that he was going to make a drag car out of it. And Brother John says, no, no, you're not. I'm not selling it to you. <laughs> I worked too hard on this for you to take it and chop it into pieces and make a dragster out of it. Now, he got, the guy assured him, no, that's not that kind of a thing. It's not going to be that situation. Uh, but you don't, you don't build something and invest your time and love and energy into something with intent for it to be neglected. So if God made me, then God has a purpose and a plan for me. In fact, when God made Adam and placed him in the Garden of Eden, uh, God made man, God gave him a job to do. He gave him, you know, something to do. He didn't want him to, to have, you know, to be bored. He gave, gave him a job to do. Uh, on top of that, he gave him uh, all that he would need to live. Anything that Adam would need to survive, God gave it to him. He took care, if he was going to be cold, he would have given him, he wasn't going to be cold, it was the Garden of Eden, okay? It was perfect temperature. Uh, but if there was going to be any cold, he would have given him clothing to wear. If it was going to be whatever his needs would have been, God supplied it ahead of time. On top of that, he gave him a companion. Uh, so just think for a minute, okay? If God made man, if God gave him a job to do, if God supplied everything that he would need to live, and God gave him a companion, all right? Any attempt by me to manipulate the circumstances in my life always end up bad. Go look at it. Look at every story in the Bible where man tried to manipulate his circumstances to make it better for himself. It was always bad. 
never ended up good. In Adam's case, they tried to, you know, the circumstances were, here's fruit that God said we shouldn't eat of, and, you know, maybe God is trying to hide something from us. You know, I mean, it looks like good food. It, certainly, I, I've never noticed it before, but now that the serpent has pointed it out to us, you know, maybe there is something here. Maybe we should try this. Oh, honey, don't eat the... Okay, you ate it. Uh, well, I don't want to be separated from you. All right, let me have that. And he took an eight of it because he didn't want to be separated from the one that he cared about, one that God gave him. He tried to manipulate the circumstances of his life, life so that it would stay good for him. And what happened? Sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Uh, any attempt by me to manipulate circumstances always end up bad. Acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. This, this always ends up good. There's no exception to that. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lead not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There's no exceptions to that. Now, there's no exceptions to... I've never found a Bible story yet where a man tried to manipulate the circumstances of his life. And I've gone through them in our Bible class. You guys remember? Uh, we took several stories in the Bible where a man tried to manipulate the circumstances for his betterment. And it always ended up in death, destruction, violence, heartbreak. It always ended up bad. I've never found a story yet in the Bible where a man tried to manipulate the circumstances to be better for him, and it end up good. No exceptions. Now, God made me, and he knows what's best for me. I have to, I, I can be confident in that, okay? I can live my life in confidence that God knows what is best for me. Number two, God is doing a good work in my life. I can be confident in that. I can be confident in that. Philippians 1, six, the Bible says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Is God Has God started a work in you? Then he can finish it. And he will finish it. Amen. I can be confident in that. God is doing a good work. Uh, God, God doing a good work in my life is not dependent on my own skill, my own ability, my own looks, my charisma, uh, on my... Uh, I can depend on him, solely on him. Whatever God wants to do in my life, he can do it. And I can be confident that he'll do the right thing and that he'll take me where he wants me. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. God knows what's best for me. If I, I can have confidence in the knowledge and wisdom of God for my life. God is doing a good work in my life. I can have confidence in the goodness uh, in, in the goodness and working of God in my life. Trust that God is working in me. Trust that God is, will continue to work in me. Trust that God has a plan for me. Trust that God knows how to get me where he wants me. Trust that God knows what's right and that God does what's right. I can have confidence in the goodness and working of God in my life. Number three, God will use my, my life to encourage others. Look, None of what I've said uh, eliminates any of the bad circumstances that we all go through. The Bible says it, it rains on the rich and the poor. <laughs> you know, when it, when it rains at your house, it's probably raining on your neighbor's house too. 
And at some point, it's going to rain on the other neighbor's house if it's not there yet. Now, everybody has bad things. Bad, you know, we live in a, in a world of sin. Why do, things ha- why do bad things happen? Bad things in life happen. Why? Why do I struggle with, with my health like this? Why did my loved one pass away so unexpectedly? Why did my home break up like this in, in this way? Why has this relationship in my life been so tough? Why could be asked a thousand times and for a thousand different reasons? The answer is easy. Sin. Why bad? Sin. Why evil? Sin. Why heartache? Sin. The answer is pretty simple. Uh, James 1, 15, the Bible says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and the sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Does this mean that God has failed me? Does this mean that I can't trust him? Why and how could God allow anything like this to happen to me? Romans 8.28. Turn over there real quick. Romans 8.28. The last passage I want you to see. Romans 8.28. Do you have it memorized? Romans 8, verse number 28, the Bible says, And we know. See that confidence? And we know. That sounds like a confident person talking doing the talking here. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, moreover, whom he did predestinate, to them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. Why do bad things happen in my life? For the glory of God. Why, why you know, all of this, you know, yes, the answer is sin. Then why does anything bad happen? Because of sin. All right, but why did God allow that into my life? Uh, why would God allow these things to happen to me? To show the world an image of his son? who was beaten and crucified, yet forgave. <laughs> why, why, why did your home break the way that it did? Why did you know, heartache happen the way that it did? So that the world could look at what you're going through and see forgiveness like Jesus had when he was on the cross being beaten and crucified. Why would God allow these things to happen to me? To show others all the things, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Why would bad things happen in my life? To show others that, uh, that the fire of this life refines us into a purer treasure. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident in my bonds, this is Paul doing the, 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 the talking, waxing confident in my bonds are much more bold, confident, same word, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. What happened? Paul was being uh, 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 persecuted and that he was in bonds. He was in prison for, for his faith, for his preaching, for his teaching. And he said, uh, other Christians are being, are being lifted up, being made more confident because of what I'm going through. He said, they are more bold, more confident to speak the truth and to share the gospel. Why? Because of my bonds. So why do bad things happen to anybody? So that 
God can be glorified, so that uh, the uh, so that others can see that uh, the forgiveness, so that others can see a, a picture, an image of Jesus Christ, so that others, other Christians, can be encouraged to endure themselves, can be made more confident. Look, your your heartache, your trial, your affliction, your pain, your suffering, whatever it may be, it is not there for you to to lose confidence in God. I can be confident in him. He knows what is best for me. He has done a good work in me and will continue it. Uh, and in that the work that he's doing in me and what he's allowed in my life can only help me, make me pure, and can help others be encouraged. Amen. Hey, I can be confident. I can live a life of confidence. And I'm not talking about braggadocious and, and you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about being the mouthy fighter. No, I'm saying to whatever degree... I'm dependent on him to that degree. I can have confidence that I'm doing the right thing and I'm headed the right direction. Your bonds, your trial, your affliction, if lived with confidence in God, gives others confidence through that same trial. I can have confidence in the knowledge and wisdom of God for my life. Here's the three thoughts. I can have confidence in the goodness and the working of God in my life. And I can have confidence that God will use my life to help others. The message this morning is completely about living in confidence. But I must, first of all, know the one that gives that confidence. And they have every head bowed, every eye closed.